and in our prayers and our thoughts. Uh, you know, we just live in a time now that is it's different. And uh, it's a shame that we have to have security and, and all these things that uh, we have now. But uh, the world is a different place than what it was when I was growing up. And um, we just need to think about that. And that's why we need to be stronger as Christians. Tonight's lesson uh, I'm going to talk about since we're close to the new year is New Year's resolutions. Now we all make them. And we all break them too, don't we? Uh, we sure do. We do. Uh, I know I have. And um, I once knew a man that uh, <clears throat> was back in the 80s. Uh, and uh, he was a preacher. He was a big preacher. Big, big guy. And uh, every year during the, uh, I think he was back in, I think he started in 83, 84. He's saying, this year I'm going to lose 84 pounds. Next year, this year, I'm going to lose 85 pounds. And every year he'd come up and say that. And I got thinking one day, I thought, man, four years, you're going to vaporize. You're not going to be around. <laughs> but uh, he never did, uh, I think he broke those resolutions. He never did lose those. Uh, you know, this year is 2020. You know, 20 pounds might not be too bad to lose. You might, we might could do that. But if you're going to choose to lose weight, maybe you should wait till like, and it's took past, but 2001, you know, <laughs> you can keep that maybe. But anyway, um, I want to talk to us about resolutions. Um, first thing I want us to look at, and T.A. almost stole my one of my points today, but uh, in 2 Timothy 2.15, it says this, Be diligent. To present thyself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the truth, or the word of truth. Now I want to ask you some questions and let, let you think about this, because I've said before, when I do a lesson or when I do a Bible class, I, I try to apply it to me. Uh, so that's how I try to apply these things, and uh, the questions I ask, I'm asking myself but it can apply to all of us. <clears throat> My first question on that verse is, if we don't study God's Word, will we be approved by God? Now think about that. If we don't study, you know, as Christians, studying God's Word, that's, that's important for us. Because if we don't study God's Word, can we really call ourselves a Christian? You know what I'm saying? So think about that. If we don't study, are we going to be approved by God? Second question on that verse I'd like to ask is if we don't work for the cause of Christ, will we be ashamed of our performance or maybe lack of it? Think about that. I mean, that's just something to think about. Think about what... <clears throat> I try to think about what I do and then sometimes what I don't do. And thinking, you know, I could have done, I could have done this, or I could do this. Think about it. What about our performance? And then, thirdly, on that verse, if we don't study God's word, can we rightly divide the word? Well, I'll tell you the answer to that. That's no, because if we don't study, and somebody comes in with this new idea, and you think, hey, that sounds pretty good. Let's try that. 
But it might be completely false doctrine. But if we haven't studied and we don't know that it's wrong, and we get involved, next thing you know, we're wrapped up in it, and then we're caught up in sin and we don't realize it. So that's why it's important for us as Christians to study God's Word. Second verse I'd like to, us to look at, and, and matter of fact, all these verses you're, you're familiar with, but Matthew six thirty three. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. I'm going to ask a question again. And again, these questions apply to me. I, that's why I put them down. But do we truly put God first in our life? Think on it. Now, we all have schedules. Uh, some of you are still working. You know, I'm retired. Well, I'm part-time, I guess. But we all have our schedules, and we have to do things we have to do. But when we have that time that we're not having required to work or, or whatever we have to do, what are we doing with that time? i tell you what I used to do a lot, and I, I, I don't do it as much as I used to. Uh, two things. I used to get on Facebook a lot, and I used to watch television a lot. And then at the end of the day, all that stuff on television, it didn't glorify me. It didn't uplift me because it's just television. And Facebook, I try not to even look at that much anymore because there's too much junk on there. Now, don't get me wrong, I, I like Facebook because uh, I have friends that uh, I went to school with in high school and college that I can uh, get in touch with. But there's a lot of stuff on there that doesn't uplift me when I could be spending time studying or doing something else helping some other Christian brother or sister that needs my help, I could be doing that instead of spending time or losing time. Matthew 5, verse 13 says this, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. We have to realize as Christians, we're the last and only remaining hope for people who aren't Christians to have a home in heaven. Because when I look at everybody out here, every one of us have friends that the rest of us don't have or people we associate with that the rest of us don't. So think about it. I mean, I'm looking out here and I see... Uh, Everybody, and I'm thinking, man, there's a lot of people out there that, that I don't know that you know. And we could take that and make it our advantage by getting out and being that salt. So my question, I have a couple of questions on that verse. Is our salt losing its flavor? Think about it, because in, in the, <clears throat> well, even in the early part of the, 20th century salt was used as a uh, it, for meat it would they had plenty of these smoke houses and the, uh, that people had in their own in their own uh, property and they used the salt to preserve uh, their meats and stuff that's what it was used for but when it loses its flavor 
then it's really no good. So if we lose our flavor around people who aren't Christians, who are they going to turn to? So I'm asking this question. Are we allowing Satan to make our salt or our example bad and being trampled on? I mean, just, just think about that. All right, in the same chapter of Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16, it says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Verse 15, Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Verse 16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I'd, be, I'd venture to say that most of us, the people that know us, if they didn't know we were a Christian, they would know that we were a very good person. That we didn't do some of the things our, uh, by our speech. We don't say things that some people do. We don't partake of certain things that some people do. They would just know us by who we are. They, wouldn't, they may not uh, know that we're a Christian, but they know we're a good person. But the problem is, or it's not really a problem, they need to know us as a Christian, though. That's what they need to know us as, as a Christian. And so, make sure our light is shining. Make sure it's out there. Make sure it brightens up. You know, there's been times, and I'm sure all of you have been in this situation, but there's been some times I needed someone to really lighten uh, my burdens and put their light with, on me, shine it on me, to help me during some uh, things that I've gone through. We're all that way. That's why it's encouraging for y'all to be here because we can encourage one another as Christians. If we're not here and we choose not to be, then we can't encourage one another. We need that encouragement. Sometimes, and I've told people this before, uh, you know, I'm not a, uh, I don't come to church to tell jokes and make fun and all that and everything, but there's some people that I know that they can tell a good joke and make you laugh. They're just that way. They just know a joke and they can tell it and tell it. Well, I enjoy being around people like that because it, it kind of uplifts me. There's other people that simply, uh, they encourage you by the words they talk to you. They uh, say good things to you, to help you. That's encouraging. That's that light shining. So don't put that lamp, let that lamp shine. Don't put a cover on it and cover it up. And don't let it go out. Uh, so do we keep our lights constantly burning? Keep them trimmed and burning? Or do we let it burn out? Or even uh, burn low or get out? You know, there's a difference. You know, as Christians, sometimes we mess up and um, we fall down. And we, sometimes we just have to start over because we've messed up. That's life. That's going to happen to all of us at one point in time, probably. But the difference is, by doing that, if we start over, we can start over. But if we let that light go out and it stays out, there's no starting over. It's out. So, think about that. 
James 4, verse 17, it says, <clears throat> excuse me, Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Now, <clears throat> when I read that, because uh, we had that in my, my Tuesday night class, when I first read that, I thought, hmm, now that's interesting. If you know to do good and you don't do it, it's sin. I thought, what just exactly does that mean? Well, I'm not sure I have all the answers for that verse, but here are some suggestions. Uh, what about someone that can't get out and mow the yard or keep up their yard? How about mowing their yard? That's an idea. What about someone who really can't uh, clean their house? They need help keeping things straightened up. That's an idea. What about someone who needs to go to a doctor's appointment and they need a ride? And you could take them. That's an idea. What about praying for someone? Now that's an idea. We all need prayer. We do. <coughs> Excuse me. What about visiting someone or sending them a card or making a phone call? Those are encouraging things we can do. If we know uh, sometimes some of the sick we've had here, they didn't need a visit because we really didn't need to uh, get them because they were low. But maybe sending a card they could actually read at home, that would be encouraging. Now I want to look at um, <clears throat> one verse I didn't put down, but I meant to. Uh, James 5.16, if you want to uh, turn there. Um, James 5.16 says this. It says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. <clears throat> um, we need to all pray for one another. We as a congregation need to pray for our elders, pray for our deacons, Pray for our preachers to give them the strength they need to be the leader they need to be. We need to pray for all of us to encourage one another that we can be the Christian that we need to be. Think about it. Prayer doesn't take much. I will tell you, <clears throat> I know for a fact that when I was, in, and I know you've heard me say this before, but when I had my transplant, I know there's a lot of prayers going on for me. Uh, and uh, I appreciate that because it got me through that. Uh, you know, that's pretty traumatic if you think about it, having a, uh, having your stomach cut wide open and then taking out your liver and then putting in another one, you know, and, and one of the first things they say to you is, well, you might die. Yeah, that's pretty traumatic. And uh, it's not one of the things you think about when, you, when they put you to sleep thinking, well, I might not wake up. There's a lot of prayers went on out on my behalf, and I appreciate that very much. We have, <clears throat> you know, our sick that we've mentioned uh, in the bulletin as well as in our announcements. Pray for them, and I know you do. Pray for one another. Pray for our youth. Our youth need our prayers. You know, this world is a crazy world, and um, Satan doesn't quit. 
doesn't quit at all. So you guys be strong. Encourage one another. Because there's probably somebody that might need encouragement at your school that you don't know that they need encouragement because they're not going to tell you. But you just being a friend. We can all do that. <clears throat> now before I ask some other questions, um, I want to point out a, a couple of things. One thing I read in the paper, and, I, and this is why it's important for us to study and to teach. Now, this came from an obituary. Now, I want you all to listen because they were serious when they wrote this. It says, we know, talking about some relative there, that we know that he is in heaven with his mother and father, likely having a beer and sharing a juicy story. Really? Now, those people haven't got the foggiest idea what Christianity is all about. I ask people from time to time, uh, talking about funerals, I ask them, I said, how many times have you ever heard somebody preach to hell? And they just look at me and say, well, never. I said, that's right. You never will either, probably. You know, I had to, uh, <clears throat> when my dad passed away, uh, he was buried in Mississippi, and I had to go down. And when I got down there, I found out that I had to preach his funeral. Now, that, that took me by surprise a little bit. Now, my dad, he wasn't a Christian. He always said he was an atheist. And I, when I found out I was going to have to do the service, I thought, man, what am I going to say? And I um, can't remember ex exactly everything I said, but uh, I tried to make everybody uh, laugh a little bit and, and uh, you know, because I knew they thought he was going to heaven. But I knew he wasn't. You know, and that was tough. But sometimes you do what you got to do. And uh, that was just tough. Different day. But I want to ask you a few questions, and I want to uh, point out some things to you that uh, maybe you really haven't thought about, but um, I want you to think about. My first question uh, to you is, are you studying your Bible like you should? Just think about that. Ask yourself. Two, are you seeking after God and His righteousness? Are you truly doing that? Three, are you making sure your salt does not lose its flavor? By everything you do each and every day, are you making sure your salt is not losing its flavor? Four, are you making sure that your light continues to shine? Are you being the example you need to be? Five, are you doing good? Are you doing good to help one another? Six, are you praying like you should? You know, a lot of people, they'll wait till something bad happens and then they start praying. You know, and uh, it's kind of late then, I think. But we need to pray all the time, each and every day. Now, um, 
I said that because, and I told you our lessons on resolutions, those are things that uh, we all can strive to do better each and every year. But I want to tell you some things here that we do here at Bethel. And uh, y'all, these are no secrets uh, because I want you to listen to this and think about how you can work. Monday night for the Master. We do that once a month. That's 12 days out of the year we, we do that. Jail ministry. We do that each uh, Monday at the local jail and each Sunday at the prison. Now that's 52 days a year, and if you double that for the jail and the prison, uh, that's 104 days. Our youth ministry. Um. Anywhere from 18 to 24 days, depending if they get to do everything, different things they get to do, opportunities they get to do. And just because you're not still in middle school or high school, it doesn't mean that you can't participate. You can go to camp, can't you? You sure can. Uh, I used to get tickled at some people. They, they would, um, I'd ask them about going to camp. When I was younger, I, I went to camp a lot as a, a counselor. And uh, they said, what, are you kidding Waste my summer? I thought, waste your summer? What do you mean waste? You're out there encouraging kids that need encouragement. There's no waste to that. That's a teaching tool. And uh, I know I used to, there was one lady that used to, uh, a <clears throat> congregation where we attended years ago, that um, she wouldn't teach through uh, the school year. She goes, well, I work. She had a school job. She says, but during the summer I'll teach. And I, I happened to be teaching a class that then. And I looked at her and I said, well, I work. I said, I'm teaching a class. So what's the deal? It's just she didn't want to teach. That's what it amounted to because, you know, in the summer she didn't teach either. So... Um, Think about that. But anyway, let's get back to my list. What about serving lunch at the hospitals like we do, like we're going to do tomorrow? That happens about two to three times a week. Is it, I mean, a month, a year, right? Roughly, depending on how the fifth Sunday, uh, uh, fifth Monday turns out. What about feeding the need? We do that every week, 52 days a year, every Sunday. We'll take those meals out. What about taking communion to the sick and the shut-in, the jail, the nursing home? Do that every Sunday. 52 days out of the year. What about vacation Bible school? That's about four days, roughly, uh, throughout the year. Gospel meetings here, about four days or so. What about teaching and participating in class? Well, we have Sunday mornings and we have Wednesday nights. 104 days right there. What about the ladies' day we have here? That's one day, but we have a ladies' day. Now, the next few things are things that we don't necessarily have on our list to do, but uh, I thought about these. The next one was, how about just being encouraging, smiling, laughing with someone? We can do that 365 days a year, can't we? Just being with somebody, encouraging them. Because 
A lot of times we never know when people are down and they need help. They need encouraging. So cut up with them. Now this is something, y'all are going to think this maybe is a little weird, but um, what about having a cup of coffee or a soft drink with somebody? Just meet one time during the week. Might be on a Saturday, might be on a Sunday afternoon, it might might be one day during the week. Just say, hey, let's let's meet and have coffee. Have coffee, maybe 30 minutes, an hour, you know, just sit and talk. That's developing our relationship with one another. Now, if you did that uh, just one day a week, that's 52 days out of the year. Just little things like that. And you could take that and change that around, do, add different things to that. Instead of just coffee, you could do a lot of other things with that. Now, another thing, <clears throat> I looked at our directory. Now, our directory has um, 147 pictures. Now, I know not everybody was in the directory as far as the pictures. But take yourself out. That leaves 146 people. Now, we have 365 days out of the year. About every other day, you could send somebody a card. I'm talking about the family. Uh, if you wanted to send cards to everybody, that'd be a little bit more. But that's 146. If you did that uh, one card for those days, that's 146 days just sending a car- one card. Same thing about, uh, well, also I added also in this number that I'm going to give you in a minute, I added sending cards to the elders, to the deacons, and to the preachers. Now, obviously, there'd be a little uh, crossover there. But, you know, all those men, they need encouragement. They do. They need encouragement. Now, they don't do the work to get praise, but it helps every now and then come up behind them and say, hey, appreciate the job you do. Now, you could do the same thing. That'd be about 160 cards in a year. You can do the same thing with phone calls. One phone call a day. Just call somebody and say, hey, I just think about you today, and I'm just checking on you see how you're doing. That didn't take long. It doesn't have to be a, you know, a, you know, there's some people you get on the phone and the next thing you know you look at your watch and say, oh, man, I've been on the phone an hour. <laughs> it doesn't have to be that long. Just a few minutes, just calling, checking on them, see how they're doing. Now, um, when I added all these days up, and I can show it to you if you want to look at it, it totaled in one year's time, if you consider the days, Almost three years of work in one year. Now, we here at Bethel do most of this. If you took out the cards and the phone calls, um, then you're talking about two years of work. But think about that. Two years of work in one year, one congregation. And I didn't think I didn't put in here about the seniors going to lunch. And, there, and there's other things I didn't put in here that we do. But think about that. A lot of times people 
when they look at the church, they want to know what the church can do for them. Well, you know what? I just gave you a list of a lot of things the church can do for you. You can get involved. Get involved. And if there's something not the church here is not doing and you, uh, you think it would be a good idea, go to the elders and say, hey, here's an idea I have. And let them talk about it and think about it and discuss it. And, and if they like it, I'm sure they'll let you uh, go ahead with it. But there's things that can be done off to glorify God. And that's what we're here for as Christians, to glorify God. It doesn't matter who we are or where we are in life. It's just to glorify God. Get the work done. <clears throat> I just wanted you to think about those thoughts about <clears throat> this new year coming up. I wanted you to think about the things that maybe you could do. I know when I looked at all this, I thought I started thinking about some things that I could do. All you have to do is make you a list. For example, uh, we are talking about the prayers a while ago. If you take you a notebook, and you open up your bulletin, and you write down all those names that's in the bulletin that need prayer, and then whoever else might be added during the announcements. As far as I know, there's no rules that says you have to close your eyes when you pray. So you can look at your notes and pull from them and pray for those people. So there's so many things we can do. We've got this year coming up and I'd like to encourage all of us to not get out of the park. Get out there and get busy. Uh, I mean, I, that was the first thing that impressed Debbie and I when we first started coming here. I thought, man, these people do a lot of stuff. They work. I thought, that's great. That gives me an opportunity to get involved and do some things because I want to. So I want you to think probably the people that are here, you're, you're the ones that are involved. But let's encourage those maybe who aren't involved or maybe they're limited in their involvement because sometimes health holds us back. Uh, sometimes work sometimes does hold us back because uh you know, once job, sometimes you have to have, there's requirements to a job sometimes, and it does take your time sometimes. But look at yourself. Maybe sit down sometime this week and make, sit down and make a list of things that you think you could do that you're not doing or do better at that what you're doing now. Let's encourage one another to do this. Now, I want you to think for just a minute because I'm going to offer the invitation. I don't know who in here may have may not have obeyed the gospel. If you haven't, why? Maybe you're not ready. I don't know. I don't know your heart. But if you're ready and you know what to do to become a Christian, you don't need to put that off. You need to obey the gospel. Maybe you've obeyed the gospel, but maybe you've turned away and haven't been as faithful as you need to be. Well, I encourage you, as we sing this invitation hymn, to get up here, come forward, don't put it off, and be the encouragement.
that we need to get this year started. So if you need to answer the invitation, please do so while we stand and sing.